Okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. No. Talk to D. Rose. Yeah, guys. Matt, you will be getting your book soon. (laughs) Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your day. Are players buying in, Jim? I... Yes. Fair enough. And so all I was saying on this podcast, the Locked on Bulls podcast, Locked on Bulls starts now. The Locked on Bulls podcast. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Peck also hosts the Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Bulls. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Our text to voicemail line is always there for you. 331-979-1369. We'll get to some texts later on in today's show and we'll get to some voicemails uh, later on in the week as well. We've got a full mailbox. Appreciate all of you out there in Bulls Nation who are Staying in tune with us uh, and keeping those communication lines open as the Bulls are going through uh, this this long downtime. Uh, but we've got plenty to talk about. The draft coming around the Bulls with that number four pick, getting lucky in the lottery. And um, some NBA playoff bubble talk, uh, if you're interested in that as well. The playoffs resuming on Saturday. The Bucks closing their series. The Lakers closing theirs against the Damian Lillardless Portland Trailblazers. A uh, really cool moment to see LeBron and Melo hugging it out at the end of that game. Um, such uh, amazing uh, athletes who are also good friends. Uh, 17 years into their respective careers. Really crazy. Really cool to see them go head-to-head uh, in, in a playoff series like that all these years down the road. So hopefully we'll get some more uh, fun, entertaining NBA playoff basketball as the league resumed after its brief pause when the Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play their game against Orlando a few days ago uh, in the wake of the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, it sounds like the league and its players are already doing a lot um, to move their uh, their call to action forward uh, and to do their part to, to try to end racism and police brutality in this country. Uh, before we get to voicemail, a couple other uh, notes that I wanted to touch on. Uh, unfortunately, some some sad losses uh, that happened uh, late last week and over the weekend. Uh, first, there was Lute Olson, the longtime great college basketball coach for Arizona. Uh, he took the Arizona men's basketball team to 23 consecutive uh, NCAA tournaments um, and, uh, you know, Bulls have had plenty of Arizona products come through their doors in the history of their franchise. Of course, most notably and recently, Lowry Markkinen. And uh, wow, what an incredible coaching career. It was sad to see him go. Then also somebody who has had ties to not only the NBA, but the sports world as a whole, actor Chadwick Boseman. It seems like it was just the other day when he was in Chicago for All-Star Weekend, helping judge the NBA slam dunk contest. Sitting right there at the judges table, right next to our Bulls legend, Scottie Pippen. Um, some 
Black Panther uh, impersonations going on as part of the Dunking Entertainment that evening. He also played Jackie Robinson in the biopic 42. It's crazy that he passed away the same day, the day after Jackie Robinson Day, where all the players in MLB were sporting the number 42 on the backs of their jerseys. In addition to that, I mean, so many impressive performances. Playing Thurgood Marshall, in addition to playing Jackie Robinson, influential, powerful black men who pushed their people's cause forward. And of course, Black Panther, the superhero who showed young black kids in this country that you can be a superhero. And of course, there's that other connection to the Bulls there because when the Bulls drafted Wendell Carter Jr. with the seventh pick a couple years ago, I'm sure most of you remember that Wendell sported a King T'Challa look on draft night. Rookies who were there at the lottery make a big deal about their uh, their outfits on, on draft night. It's a fun part of the evening's festivities, uh, you know, from from shoes to suits and everything in between, these these guys get dressed up in in really awesome and creative ways for draft night, and it's something that I really enjoy about draft night. And you had Wendell Carter Jr. putting on a Chicago Bulls cap and and doing the the Wakanda Forever salute. Um, and so you know, you saw among some of his teammates and NBA players everywhere, Wendell Carter Jr. take to his social media accounts. Uh, to, to mourn the loss but celebrate the life of Chadwick Boseman uh, a couple of days ago. And um, another loss in the NBA family. You know, we had the passing suddenly and tragically of Kobe Bryant at the beginning of this year. Um, longtime NBA commissioner David Stern passed away shortly after that. And over the weekend... Uncle Cliffy, big Clifford Robinson, passed away at the age of 53 after his battle with lymphoma. Like Chadwick Boseman's death, Cliff's seemed sudden. Um, Chadwick Boseman seemed not many people knew that he had actually been diagnosed with his colon cancer all the way back in 2016, and he was still filming movies and, and doing interviews and uh, and doing so much good in the world while fighting that battle. And so few people knew about it. And I, I would assume the same could be said for Cliff Robinson. I did not know that he was sick. And his loss was sudden and striking as well. Bulls fans probably remember Cliff Robinson most as being a part of that Blazers team that the Bulls battled in the 1992 NBA Finals. Cliff Robinson is actually in the infamous shot of MJ's shrug after hitting his record-setting six three-pointer in the first half of that NBA Finals game. MJ's shrugging and he's walking down the court, and there in the background, just looking completely helpless and frustrated, is one Cliff Robinson. But he was more than that. He was more than just the guy who (laughs) Michael Jordan got the better of in one of MJ's many famous moments throughout his career. Cliff Robinson in his own right, an all-star, a six-man-of-the-year winner, 
a guy that went to the finals twice, a great, great NBA player. And like many NBA players, found his calling with something outside of basketball after his playing days were over. And it's something that I think is a very worthwhile cause right now that some of his fellow NBA alumni are getting into, which is trying to get rid of the stigma around marijuana uh, and, and the use of cannabis in the world of professional sports and the NBA. He had opened up his own line of cannabis products um, out in Oregon and was doing everything he could, having conversations, um, offering his thoughts and interviews and, and written work uh, about the relationship between cannabis and, and professional athletes and that it's not some negative that players need to be or should be drug tested for, but something that can actually help them and not only with their physical aches and pains in a way that is much less harmful than other pain-killing shots and, and, and pills that athletes have been taking for so many years, but also the ways in which it can help professional athletes dealing with anxiety. And the whole movement in the NBA, and it's certainly been led by the NBA and other teams and other sports have jumped on, but about mental health with professional athletes and, and that also being something that we need to um, get rid of the, the negative uh, whispers and taboo level of it's not okay for professional athletes to, to talk about and be vulnerable about their mental health. And Cliff Robinson talking about his anxiety and how cannabis has always helped him with that. So he was doing good, in my opinion, um, in a way that he found he could be useful after his playing days. And um, between the moments he brought us on the court and what he was doing for the league, um, and athletes, professional athletes everywhere after he retired. Um, just a really, really sad loss. Somebody gone too soon. So rest in power to all of those related to the Bulls in the sports world. We'll get to some text messages, but first, a message from our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, man, I can't tell you guys how delicious these are. If you haven't tried them yet, you absolutely have to. Um, I just had the uh, the lemon almond cheesecake flavor uh, for breakfast earlier today. Su su super good. It's one of their new flavors, along with flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I'm a big fan of the apple almond crisp as well. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. All the stuff you want and very little of the stuff you don't want. They're great for the keto diet if that's your jam. Uh, take, for example, their peanut butter uh, bar. Check out what we've got in here. 19 grams of protein. 19 grams of protein. Only 180 calories. Just 5 grams of sugar and just 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, for our Locked on Bulls audience, you will get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. And also, when going to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's, again, promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com. All right, with that, let us get to our inbox, which is overflowing. Thank you all for interacting with us during this Bulls downtime. We really appreciate it. We enjoy talking to you. That's why we do mailbag at least once every week. 
So let's kick things off with an email from Sam in Hinsdale. Hey, Jordan and Matt, longtime listener. My question is, assuming we double down on getting two solid wing prospects in this upcoming draft, and they help us make a playoff push next season, which roster position should be the primary focus of Acme, that's AK and Mark Eversley, in the free agency moves? Personally, I think it's point guard no matter what. What are your guys' thoughts? Thanks for checking in. Uh, a few different thoughts here and a few different reactions. Um, I don't think it is a guarantee that the Bulls are going to take two wings in this draft. I assume you mean doubling down is in their number four pick and also the second round pick that they currently have, um, as opposed to maybe trading down from four and acquiring an additional pick in this draft. Yes, there are some solid wing prospects, uh, whether you're talking about the kid from Israel, Denny of Dia, or Isaac Okoro from Auburn, who Jordan and I talked about as well. Um, there are also some guards in this draft that the Bulls might be looking at, and if they're lucky, find available at number four. Whether it's teams above them uh, passing on LaMelo Ball, I think odds of that are not very likely. Um, but perhaps the uh, the French product who played in the German Bundesliga this past year, Killian Hayes, who I really, really like, perhaps he is there at four for the Bulls, and they decide that what they need uh, is, is a, to not only take Maybe they see him as the best player available, but as as, uh, um, as as Sam pointed out, Bulls certainly have playmaking and point guard as a position of need right now. So maybe that's the way they go. Um, and then as far as the primary focus for the front office in free agency moves, I assume you're talking about this offseason uh, and how maybe the results of who they draft will dictate that. So obviously we have to wait and see. I think it's most likely that the Bulls are going to take either a guard or a wing based on the talent towards the top of this draft class and the fact that Wiseman probably will be gone in the top three. And if he's there, I just don't see him as somebody that AK would say, yep, that's our guy. Um, and that's just a hunch of mine. I have no, you know, other than what we know about AK and his preference of basketball. So if the Bulls, end up with a guard maybe it's Lamelo, maybe it's Killian Hayes hey maybe it's even Tyrese Halliburton although I think that would be a bit of a reach at four um then they look for a wing in free agency uh a few of which are available um and of course vice versa if they go with a wing in the draft maybe they look for a uh a mid-level guard in in free agency what we know is that the Bulls have some decisions to make about players at those positions of wing and guard when you're talking about restricted free agents Chris Dunn, Denzel Valentine, and Shaquille Harrison. So maybe if the Bulls decide that some or all of those pieces are pieces the Bulls no longer need, that'll free up some roster spots. What the Bulls don't have is a lot of cap flexibility, even if they let all those guys walk. Um, I think I mentioned this uh, in a somewhat recent podcast. If you haven't already, go check out uh, Rob Schaefer's column on NBC4Chicago.com. Rob does great work helping Casey on the Bulls beat for NBC, and he broke down in, in great detail the limited flexibility the Bulls have in their cap situation this upcoming season. They have two exceptions they could use, one of them being um, a mid-level. So th there's not going to be a whole lot of options for the Bulls in free agency when you're talking about players available and cap available. Um so, yes, in general, I think who the Bulls find in the draft could inform what and who they might target in free agency. 
but there's there's not going to be a lot of, of uh, big moves in free agency if that's something you were hoping for. Thanks for the email. And just a reminder, if you don't want to send us texts or call into our voicemail line, you can always send us an email in addition to re, uh, interacting with us on Twitter, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. All right, next on deck, we have a text from The815. Hey, guys, love the show. I was listening to a recent podcast, and with there being no clear superstars in this draft, what are your thoughts on AK potentially trading down to get another pick and select a player like Halliburton? I know the track record with Iowa State isn't great, Floyd, Pfizer, and Foreman, uh, but I feel the Bulls have really been missing that true facilitator that, that offenses need. You look around the league right now, and some of the true difference makers on teams are guards who can stuff the stat sheet, Russ, Luka, Curry, etc., in all categories, which is exactly what Halliburton has done through his career. I'm not saying he'll ever be as good as those three, um, and he's had issues in college, like not being able to beat his man consistently one-on-one, not the best athlete. But what he does provide is solid three-point shooting, great passing ability, and good rebounding at the point guard position for a guy 6'5". He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective or make plays, too. Halberton ranked in the 99th percentile when it came to spot-up shooting and 98th in catch-and-shoot situations. He's also fantastic in transition and doesn't turn the ball over. One other thing to keep in mind is he isn't afraid of the big stage. He led USA uh, to gold in the FIBA U19 World Cup. I know the Bulls really need a 3 and D wing, but I feel like those are more common than point guards with Halliburton's size and overall game. I think he'd be a great addition to the team and a player that would help them take a step in the direction of becoming an actual modern NBA team. Thanks for checking in. Um, that is an excellent, well-laid-out, well-reasoned text message. Uh, that is one of the most coherent text messages I think we've ever gotten. Well argued. Uh, I know that I was cracking jokes with Jordan when the name Halliburton was brought up recently. I was joking about it with my buddy Sean Sears, who is the host of Locked on Cubs, uh, which if you're a Cubs fan, you should check that out. Uh, Sean and I have actually started doing Cubs games on Hot Mike too, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we did one the other day, so check that out as well. Uh, but but Sean's a big Iowa State guy, and he is all on board the Halliburton train. Uh, and I was joking with him as well about how I'm just so sick of the, the Iowa State thing with this Bulls organization, and not just Iowa State, but the state of Iowa in general. Throw the McDermott's in there too. Um, look, if Halliburton is who I think he is as a player, I, I agree with a lot of what our texture said as far as the strengths and some weaknesses to his game. But I love what he projects to look like in the NBA. And I think he could actually fit well alongside Zach and or Kobe when you talk about being able to be a catch-and-shoot guy playing off the ball, but also being a really solid playmaker who can make those guys more effective in their opportunities to play off the ball. Kobe and Zach both demonstrating uh, this past season that they can be very effective on the ball. And also, um, when they were getting a little time playing together, catch-and-shoot guys off the ball, just as Halliburton is in, uh, insanely effective in those situations. I agree that the, the Bulls need a playmaker. When, whether, whether or not you want to call it a point guard, it doesn't really you know, exist in, in this modern positionless NBA that our texture is talking about because 
who led the league in assists this season? LeBron James. A guard? I mean, he handles the ball a lot. Luka. A guard? Uh, he handles the ball a lot. I believe Luka finished top three or top four in assists per game in the NBA this season. It doesn't matter your size or your quote-unquote position. You just need playmakers. And guys who, as our te- texter said, can stuff the stat sheet scoring and distributing. The Bulls do not have somebody like that. And I think Halliburton could be that kind of player in the NBA. Complimentary. Not your number one star, but complimentary and, and effective in a lot of different ways. So here's the key to me. The most important detail in this proposition from our texter is AK trading down and acquiring another asset. Maybe that's a pick this year. Maybe that's a pick next year in order to snag Halliburton. So if you're going to do that, you got to be very positive that the, that, uh, the guy's going to be there where you're trading down to, or maybe you have uh, a deal in place where you select a, a player for, for a team at your spot, and then they'll select Halliburton for you. Um, I like that idea. I like the idea of trading down in general in this particular draft class, and I like that AK has demonstrated the ability to do that and do so successfully in his previous tenure in Denver. So as I said when I was talking uh, about the, the previous email, uh, Halliburton to me is not a top five prospect even in this draft class. He's more like back end of the lottery kind of player. So that's like to me, that's why this was a well laid out proposition because Halliburton I think could be a guy that gives the Bulls something they truly need. I think he could be a guy who could fit well with Zach Levine and or Kobe White. And I think he could be a guy that the Bulls could trade down for while adding another asset to restart the rebuild, uh, which is a tough job that AK and Eversley have in front of them. So, yes, for all of my snarky hate about Iowa State aside, maybe the, the Iowa curse is gone. Now the guard's gone. And that actually could be the start of a fresh, fun thing and, and, and a really valuable piece that this Bulls team could use. So, yes, I like that idea. And, uh, and good call, pointing out also his, uh, his leadership and solid play for the FIBA U19 World Cup. I had forgotten that detail, and it's an important one. So, wonderful text messages. Thanks for checking in. Here's a text from the 630 saying, please change your intro. I cringe when I hear all the dummies that used to head this organization. This is a new era. Boylan, Garpax, and the repeated seventh pick are things of the past. I still can't believe it. I have to wake up every day and remind myself this isn't a dream. Let's go. Uh, yeah, Jordan and I have joked about whether or not we were going to keep that around. We've we've kept it around for the f- couple of weeks after Boylan's firing kept the Jim Boylan quote in there. I think Jordan has said recently that he was going to tinker with our intro a little bit. And maybe that means changing some things up. Maybe that means getting rid of Jim audio. Maybe that means getting rid of, uh, uh, you could just see the vibe from Gar Foreman. We'll see. Maybe you'll miss it when it's gone. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think we absolutely have to get some AK audio in there now. Cause you're right. This is uh this is a new day and, and the old regime is gone. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Okay, um, here's a text from 312. Quick question, fellas, with us having the fourth pick in the draft, and if AK is going with best player available, I think you might draft Obi Toppin. Is there any chance you think Lowry will be traded on draft night? The Suns in particular would be an interesting destination for Lowry, and with them having the 10th pick in this year's draft, do you think there's a chance he may be moved? Maybe like the 10th pick plus Bridges. Would you guys entertain the idea of that? Thanks for checking in. Good question. Interesting question. Um, we haven't talked much about Obi Toppin, at least on this podcast, because I'm I like as, as impressive as he was at Dayton. I just don't think he necessarily fits AK style of basketball. I don't think that AK would be particularly interested in him uh, with the number four pick. Uh, he's also the oldest guy in this draft by a mile. He's going to be 23 basically by the time this uh, altered schedule NBA season starts for the 2021 season. I don't love that. Um, and, and he plays basically no defense whatsoever. So, yes, he's talented. He's a scorer. But I don't see him as a star in this league. I just don't. Um, now, you're, you're hypothetical about Lowry and, and trading down. Maybe a deal with the Suns, and boy, would that be an interesting front court pairing. Lowry partnered up with uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, and along with with Devin Booker, who could get Lowry some some good good looks occasionally. Even though he's certainly more of a, a shoot first guard. Um, Bridges is okay. I've always just been kind of eh about Bridges. Um, he's he's made some strides in the league, but it's not anything that I would be trying to go get if I were AK. Um, and here's the other thing, and this to me is the most important thing. And I might even go far as to say it's the only thing when I am looking at a a hypothetical like this, that's been posed by, by our texter. I do not want to give up on Lowry Markkinen just yet. Yes, he is partly responsible for the horrendous season he just had. And yes, that small glimpse of what we saw from Lowry's potential in that second season of his where he was averaging 26 and 10, 26 and 12 for a month. Yes, that is exactly what it was. A small glimpse. It's a small sample size, but we've seen the potential with this kid going back to his rookie year. And in his second season, being a guy who nearly averaged 20 and 10. Yes, it's partly responsible for... He is partly responsible for his his faults and his flaws and his awful season. But I think we all know and could all agree that Jim Boylan is just as responsible. And with him finally, thankfully, being gone and the Bulls bringing in a new front office who will fill out their player development staff and hopefully choose a coach who is good at developing young talent and having heard things from AK and Eversley alike saying, we got to figure out what went wrong with Lowry and we got to fix it. I think they see the potential in Lowry that myself and a lot of Bulls fans have seen. And do I think the Bulls are going to entertain trading Lowry on draft night? No, I don't. I think they're going to try and work with him for a year before they make that decision. I've said before, I don't think Lowry and the Bulls are going to come to terms on a contract extension off his rookie contract this offseason. He's eligible for that extension, but I think based on what we saw just happen, he and the Bulls are going to say, okay, let's take this next season to try and figure some things out, move forward, and then we'll talk contract in 2021. 
if the Bulls trade Lowry on draft night, they would be trading Lowry at an all-time low as far as his trade value. That's something else you have to keep in mind. Is the Lowry market we just saw something that the Suns would think is worth their 10th pick and Bridges? I don't even know. Like, that's not a, a, that's not a great package with, uh, you know, the Bulls trading down and acquiring basically a pick swap and Bridges for Lowry. It's crazy to say that, but I might not even be positive that the Suns would take that deal. Now, maybe the Suns in their front office and their coaching staff see the potential in Lowry and think we can fix him and let's try and steal him for cheap. Do I think AK would get played that easily? No, I do not. AK is the one who plays people on draft night. He doesn't get played. Shout out Doug McDermott. Thanks for the text, though. Interesting question. All right, we're going to take one more email, uh, another draft question, and then we'll get out of here for the day. This one comes to us from Guy in Tel Aviv, Israel. Hey, Jordan and Matt, as an Israeli and a Maccabi Tel Aviv fan, I've been watching Denny of Dia all season long, and here are some of my thoughts. First and foremost, I've never seen a player improve so much in one season. He started the season as a role player in the Israeli league, and in the end of the season, he was one of the most important players in a top five team in the Euro League. I think that while he has some problems, he works his ass off, and I believe he will improve his shooting, which is okay, but streaky at times. He has confidence after playing at the pro level for the last few years. His defense is solid. He can play and guard one through four and can help the Bulls in many ways as a playmaker and a scorer. And he did all of that in the second best league in the world. It's hard for me to see why the Bulls won't get him at four. And I'd like to hear your thoughts about why we maybe shouldn't get him. Because while I'm biased as an Israeli, I don't see many reasons we shouldn't. Thanks for the email. And thanks for checking in. It's awesome to have uh, a listener to uh, offer a little bit of their added perspective on a guy who most of this fan base probably hasn't watched a whole lot of. Um, so super nice of you to check in and give us your thoughts as somebody who's been watching Denny of Dia for quite a while and quite consistently. Now, I, over the last few days, because even though I'm taking my little Twitter break right now, I can still just hear and sense the vibe around Denny when it comes to Bulls fans. And, and of course, he's been brought up a lot in our texts and, and voicemails and emails in our, in our inbox. So I know that the fan base is high on this kid. And I know that as Jordan and I talked about in some of our mock draft conversations recently, I'm not saying I'm not high on Denny. I'm saying there are certain elements that I worry about and that maybe if I were looking for a different option, I might I might look at Isaac Okoro before taking Denny. I might look at Killian Hayes before taking Denny, assuming the Bulls could have their pick of any of those three players. So... Guy wants to know, you know, why the Bulls should pass on Denny because, as he admitted himself, he loves Denny. He's probably a little bit biased, but maybe, okay, what's the counterpoint? So for me, you you bring up one of them, which is that his shooting is streaky and inconsistent. You could argue that it certainly improved, as you brought up yourself. One of the ways in which he improved a lot was his three-point shooting. Because I think it went from like around 20 uh, 
in a prior season to all the way up to close to 33, I want to say, in his most recent games. So there's improvement there, but there's also concern that it's not very consistent. Um, His handles are okay, but not great. I think people are trying to make his handles look better than they are. Um, But, you know, like I've been watching a lot of tape on him and not just the good tape, but the bad tape. And so... I think his handles are a little bit overrated right now. They're good for a guy his size, but they're a little bit overrated. They are not Luka handles. And the whole Denny Luka comps just need to stop. They're just irresponsible and wrong just because they're Euro players. And it's like there's, oh, they both can make nice passes in transition or in half court. That That's not enough to make a player comp. So please, if you're doing that, stop. I also think Denny's ceiling is nowhere near that of Luka Doncic. I think I think Denny could be a good role player in this league. All star seems like a stretch. I do agree that he can play uh, a versatile role as far as what positions he's playing on the court, but he's kind of a tweener between a wing and uh, a four. He's certainly, in my opinion, not quick enough um, as Guy suggests guarding one through four. I don't think so. Um, he's, he's got decent recovery, uh, on, on the defensive end, uh, and he can ni- make some nice, um, shot blocking from behind, but he gets beat. He gets beat off the dribble a lot. He also can get lost a little bit, uh, playing off the ball on defense. So, you know, there, there's your, ca- there's another cow- counterpoint for you. I don't think he can guard one through four in the NBA. Um, but th- you know, that's it. Uh, like there aren't a whole lot of huge drawback, concern, worry, whatever you want to call him. I just think he's offensively a little bit more limited than people want to believe because people want to believe he's the next great Euro sensation to come to the NBA. Um, but he's certainly proven to be a winner. Um, you know, playing for, you know, in, in national competition as well as the Euro League. He's, he's an interesting prospect, and I guarantee you the Bulls will look at him closely. Knowing um, AK's uh, penchant uh, propensity, I should say, for scouting and evaluating and and helping international prospects make that transition to the NBA, it's something he's very good at uh, and very passionate about. So, this is what I've just been certainly saying to Bulls fans and to myself: you you better believe that AK is going to look at Denny real hard, and if he decides at four that he wants to keep that pick and he wants Denny to be that pick then I will believe in AK, and I will believe in Denny. I'm just saying right now, the hype is better than the player. The hype is greater than the player right now. So I just don't want Bulls fans to just get too excited about this kid. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. I don't think he is going to be the type of player who warrants this much hype. But thanks for the email, and thanks for checking in and offering some of your perspective as somebody who's been watching Denny a lot recently. That's it for today. Thanks to everybody for checking in with your texts and your emails. We'll get to some more mailbag content later on in the week, uh, including some fresh voicemails we have waiting for us. Uh, Again, if you want to join the conversation, if you want to talk to us, if you want to propose draft night ideas, trade ideas, uh, if you have thoughts on some of these draft prospects or anything else Bulls or NBA related on your mind, hit us up. 331-979-1369 is that number. Send us your texts, send us your voicemails, 
And of course, you can also send us an email, lockedonbulls at gmail.com. And you can always find us on Twitter. I'm on a Twitter break right now, but I'll get to any Twitters and tweets uh, when I feel like coming back to the Twitter world. But man, I tell you right now, the break has been nice. Uh, I am at Bulls underscore Peck. Jordan is at Jordan C. Malley. We are at Locked on Bulls. Thanks to our sponsor for today's show, Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use that promo code Locked On to get $10 off that next order of yours. For my partner, Jordan Malley, Matt Peck saying thanks for listening. Bulls Nation, have a wonderful Monday. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. 